Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. I'm looking for some folks who have made up in your mind that you're going to persevere all the way to victory. Uh, did any of those kind of people come to church this morning? Listen, today I, I'm on assignment. I want to stir up your faith as it relates to this year. I realize that many people have been going through and facing situations and circumstances. We've all faced things and seasons we didn't anticipate, but I'm here to encourage you. And I'm here to say when this is all over, we're going to have the sweet taste of victory in our mouth. Okay, I got about half of you that believe it. I said we're going to have the sweet taste of victory in our mouth. So I feel like preaching today. I'm going to do a little teaching, a little preaching. Remember, teaching is telling it and preaching is yelling it. Come on. So I'm doing a little bit of both today. I'm coming from 1 John chapter 5. You by live stream, love you so much. Well, if you could share this and let people know we're going into the Word right now. The Bible says here, whoever believes in Jesus Christ is born of God. Is that anybody in the room? Let me hear from all the believers. Are there any believers at church? And everyone who loves Him, who begot, also loves Him, who is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. How many of you believe that when you do what the Word says, it's actually good for you? Then he says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Anybody believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Come on. Are there any overcomers here today? Come on. I want to talk to you for a few minutes along these lines. I know I've won the war, but what about this battle? I know that in the big picture, I'm more than a conqueror, but how many of you are ready to taste a little victory right now? So I believe I'm on assignment. Slip up your hands. Father, lead us, teach us, use me, God. Send the kind of anointing in here that makes it easy to preach and makes it easy for people to receive. Bless us here and by live stream. Let the redeemed of the Lord say amen. Come on, let's give Jesus the biggest praise of the day. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you've already won. You've already won. You can be seated. I, I stand here before you today, and I know there are some folks. I'm not ignorant to the fact that there are people in this house and people through live stream who have been engaging in some intense battles. But I'm here today to encourage you. 
I'm here today to tell you that no matter how intense situations may get, God is still God. He's the God of the slim chance. Come on. He's the God of the fat chance. And he's the God of no chance. There's nothing that God cannot do. And maybe you're here today and, or you're watching today and the battle has made you weary. Maybe you've been in a season where the battle has made you wonder. Maybe it's made you uncertain or made you afraid or made you indecisive. 2020 has been so unpredictable. Maybe it's even caused you to doubt in some way. And I know it's been rough, but I'm going to tell you that God is still for us. And if God is for us, then who in the world can be against us? And I really believe that on the other side of this, we will see the mighty hand of God in a dimension that we have never seen it before. But I want to talk to you today about the fact that we are engaged in battle. But I want you to understand that the war has already been won. So number one, to, to truly engage in this battle, you must understand the war. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 1, whoever believes in Jesus and believes that he is the Christ is born of God. So I came to this service here on the Ormond campus looking for some believers. So are there any believers in the house? Come on, I just want to hear from a few believers. Where are the believers? Now, here's the truth. The war is already over. The battle it's what we've got to make it through. In order to overcome, you've got to understand the difference between a battle and a war. If you define a war, a war is defined as this, a conflict against an enemy. It's an ongoing struggle. So a war is an ongoing struggle. The war represents the big picture. It represents the big picture for the child of God. And I'm going to tell you that the overall picture looks great. Okay, I got three people who believe it. I said the overall picture looks great. That means that we've already won the war. That means the moment that we accepted Jesus, honey, we secured our future. We will win. No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. We may go through seasons of sifting. We may go through times of trial, but at the end of this war, we will wave the flag of victory. So understand that the war was already won by Jesus 2,000 years ago when he said, it is finished. When Jesus said, it is finished on the cross, he wasn't saying, it is finished, I have lost. He was declaring, it is finished, I have won. Come on. Going all the way back to the book of Genesis where the Bible told, where God told Satan in the Bible that there was going to be one that would bruise his head. He said, you'll bruise his heel, but he'll bruise your head. And if you study the particulars of the crucifixion, when Jesus was on the cross, the way that he would breathe, he pushed himself up by his heel. And, and, and Bible theologians and doctors tell us that when Jesus was taken down off 
the cross that his heel was horrifically bruised. And the reality is that the entire time that Jesus was on the cross, he was not losing, he was winning. He had the devil's head underneath his heel. And listen, listen, a bruised head may hurt, a bruised heel may hurt, but a bruised head is fatal. Can I get a witness? So when Jesus said, it is finished, Jesus wasn't saying, it is finished, I have lost. He was saying, it is finished, I have won. I've accomplished what I came to do. And because of that, the war has already been fought. We are going through the process. So understand the difference between the war and the battle. A battle is defined as this, a fight or an encounter between enemies. A battle is an engagement. A battle is just a snapshot or a portion of the overall war. And some of you in 2020, in this season, have been in an engagement with the enemy. And it may seem intense. And the battle may at times seem drawn out. But I want to tell you, the war has already been won. You're in an engagement. And this is why, listen very closely, you cannot afford to make permanent decisions in seasons of temporary battles. You cannot afford to quit, to give up, to throw in the towel. You don't need to run. I am declaring in Jesus' name that we've already won the war and we will win the battle for 2020. Here's what I know. Pastor Josh told me about an article that he read this last week. He said, Pastor, I read an article that one in five churches are not going to be around in 2021. That in 2020, the situation has been so intense and the circumstances have been so intense that 20% of the churches in America are going to fail. I've been reading where eight, nine pastors a day now, just in our area, are stepping down. They're quitting because 2020 has been so intense. And I would tell you, preacher, we have preachers that watch us from across America and around the world. I would tell you, preacher, don't quit. I would tell you, don't throw in the towel. I would say Calvary is not going to be one of the 20% of churches that lays down and gives up. But we're going to rise up in the name of Jesus and say, devil, we haven't even started fighting. We're going to win the battle for 2020. Okay, let me ask you, is there anybody here in September, you're declaring, Pastor, we are not going to give up on 2020. We're going to win the battle for 2020, and we're not quitting. So, the war's already been won, but here's the challenge. we got to get through this fight. And I've come to tell you today, Precious, don't trip out, don't bow out, don't give out, because you will overcome. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That means we are sons and daughters of God. Now, I have children, and the truth is there's nothing that I wouldn't do for my children. If I've got the strength to give them the victory, I'm going to make sure that they have the victory. And if I can do that for my children being a man, How much more does God want to do it for us? 
The Bible said, who is he that overcomes the world? He that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Let me tell you, I don't believe in politicians. I don't believe in prime ministers. I don't believe in senators and governors. But let me tell you, I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm not saying they can't be good people in politics, but there is one that will never fail us, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he is worth believing in. The moment you accepted Jesus, that very moment you were born again, it was at that moment that your war was won. But the thing that is unusual about God is this. He will finish a thing, and then require us to walk out the process into the promise. Oh, help me, Lord. You've already won the war, so don't allow yourself to be defeated in this battle. A primetime example of a promise that took a process would be in the life of a man named Joseph. Some of you have the book that I wrote a while back called Dream Killers. God took Joseph through a process. Now, God showed him the palace, but he had to go through the pit. He had to go to Potiphar's house. He even had to go to prison. Wouldn't it be great if God gave you a promise and you just went straight from A right to B? And there you were. But see, God will give you a promise. And then he'll say, there's the promise. And then you find yourself over here. And you're like, Lord, what are you doing? And you, you told me I was going there. And then you'll find yourself over here. And you're like, Lord, what in the world is up? You told me I was going over there. And then you'll find yourself over here. And you're like, God, what in the world is going on? You told me I was going over there. And then you'll find yourself, you, don't, you can't even see the promise. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You can't even see the promise anymore. But let me tell you, if God made you a promise, baby, he's going to get you to that promise even if you got to go through the process. Dead, what's his name? Joseph, hallelujah. Joseph is shown a palace and he winds up in the pit. But I need you to tell somebody the pit ain't it. Yes, yeah, some of y'all been decorating your pit. Some of y'all got like a shag carpet in your pit. Some of y'all put a microwave in your pit. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Some of you got a TV on the wall because, yeah, I'm just staying in this pit. I, I want to tell you the pit ain't it. You know how Joseph got out of the pit? One of his brothers got him out. Isn't it something that it wasn't Dan? It wasn't Bathsheba? It wasn't Simon? You know who brought him out? Judah. Judah said, raise him up and bring him out. You know what Judah means? Judah means praise. If you want to get out of the pit, baby, you're not going to program your way out. You're not going to legislate your way out. You're not going to dictate your way out. You're not going to command your way out. Let me tell you, something's got to get inside of you that says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continue. I'm going to dance out of the pit. I'm going to shout out of the pit. I'm going to clap out of the pit. I am not giving up. I'm going to get to the promise. Is there anybody going to the promise? Make a little noise if that's you. Here's what's amazing about the Lord. God not only gets the glory by fulfilling the promise, he receives the glory by taking you through the process. Come on now. When you overcome against all odds, when you succeed, when everything in your story says you shouldn't, 
when you thrive in an area when you shouldn't even survive. God gets the honor. And I want you to engage the enemy in this season. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to quit. I want you to pray and praise God with an I've already won mentality. So I know maybe 2020 has been tough, but I want you to stop right here, and I want you to praise God like you've already won. Come on. Y'all, I, I, I need to move on and teach a little bit. But there are seven steps of praise. And one of the steps of praise is tauda. Tauda means to act like you got it even before you get it. Seven steps of praise in the Hebrew. It's the Hebrew word tauda. It means to praise God like it's already done. I dare somebody right now to take 20 seconds and praise God like it's already done. It's, it's already happening. Everything you've been believing for, the war's already won. I'm getting through this battle, baby. 2020, I'm going to possess the land. That's it. I feel a breakthrough right now. That's it. Hallelujah. Hmm. So number one, don't miss this. You can be seated. Number one, understand me, precious. It's important that you know that God is going to take you through a process. And, and, uh, and uh, to really engage in this battle, you've got to understand the war. But number two, this is important. Don't be overawed by the level of the battle, by the intensity of the battle. The reality is, whoever said it would be easy. We, we, want, we, want, we want easy, greasy grace. We don't want to ever have to face anything, but sometimes you have to understand that many of the afflictions of the righteous Thank God for a conjunction, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. How many of you know what a conjunction is? Uh, I learned about conjunction by watching Schoolhouse Rock. Conjunction, junction, watch your function. Y'all don't act like you never watch. I'm just a bill up on Capitol. How many of y'all ever watched Schoolhouse Rock? The kids that didn't watch it, you don't even know what you're missing. Understand me, the problem is so many people right now are overawed by the attack of the enemy, and they are underawed by the power and faithfulness of God. And I would tell you today, don't be overawed by the level of the battle. Overawed means to restrain. It means to control by awe or fear. And there are so many that have been overawed. They're overawed by the attack, but they are underawed by God. They don't realize that God cannot be stopped. God cannot be hindered. God cannot be slowed down. Hallelujah. And the enemy has been attacking our nation. He's been attacking the church. He's been coming against us in a new way. I've never seen hell more focused and more, more organized. And there's a military tactic. You probably heard about it from years ago. It's called shock and awe. It's when there's such an, an onslaught of attack from the enemy that the enemy absolutely overwhelms who he's coming 
coming against. And people are awed. In fact, they are restrained by fear. And I want to tell you, precious, the enemy will throw everything against you in this season, in this battle, so much so until he restrains you and controls you by fear. And fear is your greatest enemy, but faith is your greatest friend. Huh. See, fear wants to paralyze. Fear wants to paralyze you. Fear wants to control the narrative in this season. Fear wants to tell you you're not going to make it. America is going down. The church is getting weaker. We're not going to survive. The church is losing its influence. But faith rises up and says, "In the name of Jesus, we will not be overawed by the attack of the enemy. But we will rise up to say that the Lord is mighty and the Lord is on our side." Give God a mighty praise in here. Devil wants to control the narrative. Cause you to walk in fear. Fear will assassinate your assignment. Fear will detour your destiny. Fear will paralyze you. The devil's desire is to overcome you. But I would tell you, precious, don't allow him to overawe you. Seems like in 2020... We have moved from one thing to the next, right? One bad report to the next. One problem to the next. One issue to the next. Where are the real people at? Come on. I, I went to, to start our, to bring our, our Kenosha family in, our Racine family in. I go there the night I'm there. All hell breaks loose. Come on, somebody. I feel like I've had drama tied to my backside. Can I get a witness? That's too much for y'all. I feel like everywhere I go, I've been dealing with drama. But here's what I know. I'm not going to be overawed by the enemy. I know that anywhere God put me, he put me there because I'm there to win. Listen, we are not in Kenosha and Racine to lose. We are there to win. We are there to overcome. We are there to take the city. Yeah. It was not an accident that I was in that city. I was in Kenosha, outside my door. Bomb, the, the cars were exploding. They evacuated me at 3.30 in the morning. They thought that man, Jim Rayleigh, he's not gonna stay here, but let me tell you something, baby. I'm there to stay. Our campus is there to stay. We're gonna make a bigger light. We're gonna shine a brighter light. We're gonna be, mm. did you know, <laughs> let, me make, let me make the devil mad. Pastor Tyler told me that the places where they boarded up the businesses, it seemed all you've seen is bad news. But now Christians have gone in there and they have painted scripture verses on those boards to let the devil know you can't have Racine, you can't have Kenosha, you can't have Ormond Beach, you can't have Palm Coast, you can't have Orlando, come on, you can't have Panama City, and you certainly can't have my family, and you certainly can't have my salvation. I will not be overawed by the enemy. Somebody give God a shout if you hear me. So much drama. So much mess until two words can stay on our lips, it seems like all the time. What next? What's going to happen next? But instead of saying what next, I want you to say, I got next. I got next. That's it. I got the next praise. I got the next shout. I got the next clap. 
I got the next prayer. I got the next worship. I got the next faith movement. I got I got next. Tell your neighbor, I got next. I, uh, say, I got next. See, the truth is the enemy wants you so transfixed and overwhelmed by the attack and so over all that you forget that God has already brought you a mighty long way. So I need somebody to give him praise right now. If he's already brought you a mighty long way, way see the bible said in matthew 6 33 jesus knew that we would struggle and that's why he said in matthew 6 33 seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you and then we stop but then it's important to read the 34th verse therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient is the day is its own trouble Truth is, how many times have you spent hours worrying about stuff that didn't even happen? Can I find some real people? Have you laid in your bed at night just churning and full of anxiety and worried about stuff and then you get up in the morning and say, why did I spend three hours in the night worrying about that? It was a trick of the enemy. It was the enemy trying to rob you of your peace. It was the enemy trying to rob you of your power. It was the enemy trying to rob you of the presence of the Lord. But I've come today to tell you that if you will give it to God, God will take care of it. So here's what I want you to do. Don't be overawed by the attack of the enemy. But the third thing, this is important. We win the battle when we take out our spiritual weapons. God is not going to let you in a fight and then not give you the weapons you need to overcome. The Bible said, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So I need you to announce something to somebody around you. It may be if you didn't come with them, just kind of holler at them. But tell your neighbor, even if they're sitting a few seats away from you, tell your neighbor, say, I'm an overcomer. Yeah, say, say, look right here. Tell them, say, look right here. Come on, tell them, say, look right here. Say, I want you to know what an overcomer looks like. An overcomer looks like me. Hallelujah. Don't, don't judge me by what I've been through. I'm an overcomer. Overcomer in the Webster's is a multifaceted word. It means one who vanquishes, subdues, and conquers all enemies. So is there anybody here that in the name of Jesus, throughout the rest of 2020, you're going to vanquish, subdue, and conquer every enemy of your destiny? All right. Overcomer, it's, it's multifaceted. It also means one who gets the better of, supersedes difficulties, and overwhelms obstacles. So what does that mean? Anything that's between you and the promise that God has made you, any obstacle has to move uh, any difficulty has to move because God has made a promise. And then the third thing, uh, it means this, overcomer means one who gains superiority and operates in overflow. Okay, let me just, let me just encourage you. He never said, I'm the God of enough. He said, I'm the God of more than enough. 
El Shaddai means more than enough. It means to overflow. It means to supersede the norm. So I've come to tell you that God is about to be more than enough in your situation. I'm looking for some people who want to overflow, an overflow of joy, an overflow of power, an overflow of anointing, an overflow of money. Oh, I thought you'd really shout there. I said an overflow of finances. How many of you want more than just enough to get your hair done? Come on. You... Make a little noise if you believe God can give you overflow. But here's what you got to do. You got to use your weapons. You say, Pastor, I got weapons. Sure enough, you got weapons. See, the name of Jesus is a weapon. Come on, number one, I said the name of Jesus is a weapon. Tell somebody on your road the name of Jesus is a weapon. Yeah, the Bible said in Philippians 2.10 that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of heaven and those of the earth and those under the earth. Every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Everything that has a name has to bow in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Presidents, let, they'll never get together. Governors will never get together. Nobody will ever bow before one president. You're kidding yourself. Nobody will ever bow before one governor. Nobody will ever bow before one senator. It will not happen. But there is a name that every Republican knee has to bow to, every Democratic knee has to bow to, every president, every governor, every senator, they have to bow to the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, ah. everything that has a name. Come on, cancer has a name, but it's got a bow. Rebellion has a name, but it's got a bow. Poverty has a name, but it's got a bow. Racism has a name, but it's got a bow. Fear's got a name, but it's got a bow. Lack has a name, but it's got a bow. Somebody give the Lord a mighty praise. Tell your neighbor the name is a weapon. But watch this. The blood of Jesus is a weapon. I know that's whole time preaching. I know some folk can't handle that. Some of, so I just wish Pastor Rayleigh was more polished. I wish he didn't spit when he preached. Come on, I fear if Shamu can have a splash section, so can I. The first two rows in my church are the splash section. Come on. I may spit a little bit, but let me tell you something. I still believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, I still plead the blood. I still declare the blood. I'm washed in the blood. I'm saved by the blood. Come on, the Bible says, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The Bible said, when I see the blood, not when I see your denominational card, not when I see, not when I see your money, not when I see your bank account, not when I see your wardrobe, but when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The word Passover means to hop. It means to skip. It means to jump. How many times has the devil eyeballed you and said, I got you now. I got your family now. 
I got your future now. I'll take you in that car wreck. I'll take you in that sickness. But he came at you, but he saw the blood, and he had to hop, and he had to skip, and he had to jump. Somebody give God praise that the blood is a weapon. No, I need you to stop and praise God for what never got to you because you are washed in the blood. The name is a weapon. The blood is a weapon. But watch this. Your testimony is a weapon. I said your testimony is a weapon. I said your testimony is a weapon. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Word of the testimony is actually a Greek phrase. It means the act of rehearsing the truth and presenting the evidence. It's when you stop and rehearse the facts. It's when you talk about where you've been and where you are. You may be in a battle right now, but is there anybody here or by live stream that could rehearse the facts concerning the goodness of God in your life? Could you testify that he's been my savior? Has he saved anybody? Has he healed anybody? Has he kept you from losing your mind? Has he given you strength? Has he forgiven anybody? Did he make a way out of no way for you? Did he pick you up when you were down? Did he bring you a breakthrough? Has he answered anybody's prayer? Has he blessed you at least once? Have you got a testimony? Let your praise testify right now. When you rehearse the truth, and present the evidence of what God has already done, it devastates the devil. That's why the devil hates your testimony. Because the devil knows that the God who did it before can certainly do it again. I need you... If you've been in a battle right now, I want you to hit the rewind button. And I want you to look back at what God has already done. And I want you to declare, God, if you did this, then that isn't going to be anything for you. The God who did that, this will do that. And the God who did that will do this. And the God, it's just this and that. Hallelujah. There's nothing too hard for the Lord to do. I dare you right now to just look back at what God has already done. And one, two, three, I want you to give God a praise that if he's done it before, he'll do it again. Help me a little bit. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stop right now and I want you to take about 10 or 15 seconds. Pastor, Pastor Josh, I'd say, come on, give him a 30-second praise right about now. I love it when he does that. But I want you to go about 15 seconds, and I want you to praise God for what he's already done. If he don't do anything else, just praise him. 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, Five, four, uh, some of y'all, I'm looking at some of y'all and I know your story. 
I'm looking at some of y'all and I know where you came from. I'm looking at some of y'all and I know the pit you got drug out of. Come on and praise him. So here's what I want you to do. Praise him for what he's done. Okay, God said right now I'm working. God said right now I'm moving. Right now I'm shifting things. I want you to praise him for what he's doing right now. I want you to praise him that right now God is... Come on, one, two, three, 15 seconds, praise him, 15. Some of y'all are gonna get calls this week. Some of y'all are gonna get checks this week. Some of you are gonna have open doors this week and God's doing it right now. Okay, let's move on. We praise you, God, for what you've done. We praise you for what you're doing, but you're going before us and making the crooked places straight. Praise him for what he's about to do in your life. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. You can just stand there if you want to, but something's shifting in my life. And I got to praise him for what's coming. Hallelujah. Stand up, I'm going to try to close. The word is a weapon. Tell your neighbor the word is a weapon. The word is a weapon. The Bible says for the word of God is alive. It's quick. It's powerful. That means that it's in operation. It's unstoppable. Hallelujah. So what do you do when you quote the word? You're just saying what God said. The Bible said that all scripture is God breathed. Theophanies. That means God declared it. God said it. So when you say the word, you're saying what God says. So if you're broke right now, begin to say what the Lord said. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you're sick right now, just begin to declare what the word said. I'm just saying what God said. With his stripes, I am healed. If you're feeling depressed right now, just say what the word says. The joy of the Lord is my strength. If you're under attack right now, just say, devil, I'm going to say to you what the word said to me and what God has already said. No weapon that is formed against me shall be able to prosper. Now, watch this. The Bible says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Last thing I want to show you is this. Your faith is a weapon. Faith looks at the obstacle and says, God's going to make a way. Faith looks at the attacks, the ups, the downs, the challenges, the trials, the hard times, the times when life doesn't make sense. And faith says, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to take us through this. The Bible said the just shall live by faith. How many of you have ever had to just say, God, I don't understand it. I don't understand why she treated me like that. I don't understand why that went wrong. But I'm going to keep faith. And I'm going to trust that everything is going to be victorious in my life. 
The word victory is actually the word Nike. It's a Greek word, Nike. So I've got my Nikes on today. Tell your neighbor, just do it. I declare over you a Nike season. I declare over your money, Nike. I declare over your family, Nike. I declare a Nike season. What does Nike mean? Nike means this. Nike means total conquest, success against any and all odds. Are you ready? I declare total conquest and success over your life against any and all odds. Fourth thing, and I'm done. When this battle is over, here's what I want you to expect. Look at me now, precious. Expect transformation vindication and restoration come on now transformation means i'm going to be changed for the better when this battle is over when this battle is over i'm going to be able to say god thank you i didn't like it but thank you that it made me stronger thank you that it gave me a new praise thank you that it gave me an understanding of you in another dimension going to be vindication. What does that mean? I will be defended and justified by my God when the battle is over. That means your friends are going to have to look at you. Your haters, come on. Sitting around eating hater chips, come on. Drinking hater raid, eating hater tots. Can I get a witness? You need to make your haters your escalators. Come on, somebody. You can let them hate and be upset and be mad, but the truth is, in the name of Jesus, you will be vindicated and justified. And then I declare over your life restoration. What is restoration? I will be restored with interest from anything that the devil has stolen because God does not just give it back. He gives it back with interest. So I want joy back with interest. I want peace back with interest. I want resources back with interest. I want hope back with interest. Come on. For every dollar that I lost in this season, I want it back with interest. Now, my dad, he was the sweetest thing. Some of y'all remember him. We called him Pastor Paul Paul. He was, he was rather, he was about as wide as he was tall. Come on, y'all. But he was sugar. He was so sweet. And my dad, he would get happy in church. And y'all know I sing every once in a while. I get that from my dad. And my dad used to sing a song. And he'd say, and when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Oh, we shall wear a crown. Yes, we shall wear a crown. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown in that new Jerusalem. My dad would sing that. He'd start crying. He'd say, and when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Oh, we shall wear a crown. We shall wear a crown and when the battle's over we shall wear a crown in that new Jerusalem and then my dad would dance but he was kind of heavy and he did 
because you know white men can't jump anyway. Can I get a witness? And he would, you couldn't get a piece of paper underneath his shoes, but he would, he would do his own version of jumping. And he would say, wear a crown. Wear a crown. Wear a bright and shining crown. Now raise your hands and say with me. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown in that new Jerusalem. If that's you, give God a praise right now. Come on, give the Lord a mighty praise in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you to praise Him. I want you to praise Him. If you're not going to be overawed by your circumstances, give God a praise right now. So I decree and declare over your life, slip up your hands, that you will not be overawed by your circumstances. I declare that the blood is your weapon. I declare that the name of Jesus is your weapon. I declare, I declare, I declare that your testimony is your weapon. And I declare great days are coming in 2020. I declare we're not going to wait till next year. No, sir. We are going to finish 2020 with victory. We confess it. We decree it. And we declare it. If that's you, give God a mighty praise right now. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.